Welcome to Born to Sell Denver with Brian Smith and Sean Modry. Our special guest today is Russ Nolting, Regional Director of Keller Williams in Colorado. Welcome, Russ. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm uh, born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, still live there, have a beautiful wife, Heather, four amazing kids, have a brand new granddaughter, and I've uh, been with KW for uh, 13 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. 13 years. And how long have you been regional director? About 18 long months. 18. <laughs> <laughs> so what does a regional director do? What does a regional director do? My, my job is to uh, oversee the growth of KW in the state of Colorado. And uh, the way we do that is we've got 23 independently owned and operated franchises in about 60 locations. And I'm here to provide... Um, systems and strategies to help these offices grow so that we can gather more market share, sell more homes, and make more families happy. Okay, very cool. And so, you know, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, your your history that you have with the company and the different positions that you've held. And, you know, Sean and I also have held a lot of different positions. So tell, give us a little background on that. Of what are all the positions you've had in Keller Williams so far? Well, um, pre Keller Williams, I, I was in real estate development. Um, so I grew up in real estate and uh, my family used to buy big farms out of, uh, from in the middle of Missouri where we uh, live. And, um, we would buy those farms and divide them up into estate sized parcels and people would move their horses and, and have a little mini ranch. And, uh, I did that. My dad did that from the early seventies when I was born till, um, the Great Recession, hmm. and uh, the Great Recession tanked that business in a major way. Ugh. So I, I had joined him in the late '90s and uh, got into that. And in 2007, with with you know no sales uh, for the first time in forever, um, I had a choice to make. And the choice was: Do I go back to teaching physics, which is what I did right out of college? or get into real estate. So I chose residential real estate, opened a brokerage in September of 07, which we all know. you know, Good timing. Great Cause, timing. Because you already had your real estate license. Had my license. As a developer. Yeah. Okay. And I had my license and a massive bill at Neiman Marcus that my <laughs> wife had created. And um, so I knew teaching wasn't going to pay that bill. So I got into residential real estate. Yeah. Built a little brokerage and... Um, Soon thereafter, uh, after starting that brokerage, I had about 10 agents. Um, I ordered a copy of the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. And um, I was literally driving down the road one day and I saw Keller Williams on a sign. And I was reading that book and I thought, I wonder if that's the same guy. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, my, my printer was out of toner. My receptionist had quit. My, how the, the person that cleaned my office hadn't shown up in three weeks. Everything was not very, you you know, you got to pay them, right? Yeah. That's that's how you get them to come back. (laughs) Things were challenging. We remember. (laughs) And, uh, I was making sales, but it was really tough. And I walked in and I said, are you guys the people that wrote this book? And they said, yes. And I literally that day grabbed our licenses and moved everybody over to KW. So that was February of 2010. Wow. Yeah. That was the easiest like interview ever, I think. I, I was the ideal, the ideal recruit. Yeah. So ten licenses, and uh, I was doing like sixty sales or so a year at the time. Okay. And uh, now the other nine licenses were doing like two. Yeah. 
So, uh, so 60 sales a combined, year, yeah. 60 sales a year in 2010 in St. Louis is like 4 million in volume. <laughs> a little, a little more than that, but about eight. Yeah. It's about eight. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was rough. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I joined the KW office. So, I, so my first role in KW was, was kind of like leader of a team. Um, I took career visioning, which is our you know class on how to build a team and fired all my agents. So they went either out of the business or to other brokerages. Wait, wait, what, what did you discover in career visioning that you were like, I don't want to run a team? Is I, that what the I discovered was? that I really wasn't running a team. I had uh-huh. a collection of people that came to me for questions and came to me for challenge with challenges. They weren't really making me money. I was, I was taking my commissions and paying yeah. for this, this enterprise. That's such a good point because we see that over and over and over yeah. with lots of teams, even far outside of Keller Williams too. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. common, right? And that's how my brokerage ran. I mean, my brokerage yeah. only ran because I took money from my sales yeah. to pay the bills. So, um, so I quickly got rid of my team and I started rebuilding um, and uh, hired an assistant which was the right thing to do. Actually shared an assistant with, with another top producer in the office. We shared an assistant for years, got a transaction coordinator, and, uh, and it was about to start really moving into a real team when the team leader in that office was fired. Mm. And, um, and I was on the agent leadership council, and so I kind of knew some of the things that were going on. This was a celebrated team leader um, but we had like a hundred agents on the roster that didn't actually exist. Mm-hmm. And we had like a hundred thousand dollars of debt to the IRS because they forgot to pay the payroll taxes, which apparently you're supposed to do. <laughs> and um, so the OP was let go. The TL was let go and they needed someone to fill in for like three or four months. Yeah. And so that was um, April of 2012. You know, that's a trick, right? That's a trick. Yeah. yeah they're like, oh, why don't you fill in? Yeah. You're like, yeah. And uh, and I did that team leader role for 10 years. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Same office. Same office. Yeah. So I thought I was inheriting 300 agents. I mm-hmm. really had about 150 agents because mm-hmm. there was like 100 ghosts and 50 of the people that were there didn't like me. So they mm-hmm. left. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but we avenged that office has 700 agents now. Wow. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And then you also, uh, you did some coaching too, right? Yeah. In about 2016, um, actually 2015 in, 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 uh, at mega camp, Gary Keller made a statement. Uh, I don't remember who he was talking to, but he said, he said, get a coach and be a coach. And like, I heard that and I thought, okay, well, I have a coach, so I guess I need to be a coach. So I, um, August, September of 15, applied to become a MAPS coach in, in the leadership area because that's what I was doing. Um, I was still selling real estate, by the way. Um, but um, You were a team leader and selling real estate? Yeah. Wow. So I was um, doing, like the deal I had with my OP was don't steal anybody's leads mm-hmm. <laughs> and keep selling. So I was yeah. selling anywhere from... 30 to 60 houses a year on the side with, with help. So, yeah. um, then I became a maps coach and it was like a four month process of like applying almost every three weeks, something like that, because they would lose your application. I shouldn't be saying this. 
They no, would you lose can't. your application. They probably aren't listening. They're, they're, yeah. they're not going to listen. <laughs> well, the administration's gone anyway. So, but um, they kept losing the application. Yeah. They kept, you know, it, it was a hot mess. But I kept uh, applying, and finally one day I got a call, and they um, wanted to talk. So in April of sixteen, I became a maps coach, and uh, and so currently, or so so I started coaching, selling, team leadering. And, um, and I did that until 2021. I have no idea how you would manage those. I'm, I got a really good schedule, like really time uh-huh. blocked. Uh-huh. So, and, um, do you sleep? Do you have sleep time blocked? Eight thirty to four thirty every day, <laughs> like right on time. Uh, so in July of 21, I was in Estes park and, uh, we were there for, with a fam- family event and, uh, Driving out of whatever that canyon is called, Big Thompson Canyon or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Is that right? That's, I think I, so. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I, I, my mom lived there for seven years. You think I'd know that a canyon yeah. name? Yeah. Well, that's the river that goes through there. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So my daughter had just gotten married that summer. She had just moved to Fort Collins. I'm driving to her con- her apartment with my wife, and I said, "We need to move here." Mm. And. Um, Drove home to St. Louis, 15 hours. You know, the next morning I woke up and I like walked into my office and for the first time in a long, long, long time, like two decades, I got to work after vacation and thought, what am I doing here? Mm. And because, you know, normally I get back from vacation, I'm like ready to go and and, and get back at it. And I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. So I did some soul searching in the summer of 21 and I, I resigned my position in August thinking I would go heavier into sales, heavier into coaching. And um, I called Maps and I said, hey, if you got anybody that needs a coach, I'm, 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 I'm going to open up some slots. Well, like four hours after I resigned, um, I got a call from Austin. I'm like, okay, I always take these calls. Hmm. And, uh, and it was um, a guy that said, are you interested in the Colorado regional position? Interesting. So... So real quick, so that came through, do you think that connection came through Maps? Yeah. Like somebody in Maps said, hey, I know the person. That's really interesting to me. Somebody in Maps yeah. absolutely connected my resume to somebody that was yeah. hiring. Yeah. Yeah. So like six weeks later, I, I uh, took the role. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, you know, what, now what's, hold on. He still hasn't moved here. Well, right? Not what yet. What happened there? <laughs> He's working on it. Working on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard, but the real estate market's a little tough right now. There's not a lot of inventory. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I, I just, for the listeners, the, the look on his face was like, there's some <laughs> CIA meeting going on behind the scenes. Of There are people that think I've moved here. Are you buying <laughs> Shanahan's house or something? Like, what's going on? <laughs> no, I'm, we're, we're, we're uh, so our daughter, our daughter just had a baby. So we're, we've been trying to figure out where we want to live in Colorado. Oh, yeah. And I've got a high schooler, so um, he's going to get to finish school in St. Louis. And I'm an OP now in St. Louis. Okay. So I've got reasons to be there. You try to get away, they suck you back in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> that's right. So for, for agents out there, I think one of the great things about Keller Williams is all the opportunities yeah. that are available. So what, are, what do you think are some of those opportunities right now that are available to agents that are doing well in our company? Yeah, that's a great question. I... Um, I, I slipped in that I 
got out of college and started teaching, um, teaching was always my, my thing. It's the thing I wanted to do. I just didn't like kids. So, you know, I got, I got into the profession. I was like, what am I doing here? But, uh, um, you, you don't like other people's kids, other people's kids. Yeah, I love my kids. Much better. <laughs> Your kids I'm not fond of, but the, um, so, so one thing that uh, an eye opener for me when I got to KW was, um, realizing that there are a lot of things you can do with in this, in this company. And I think it's a distinguisher for us. You know, most real estate companies say, come sell houses for us and do that until you die. Mm -hmm. Um, and we say, what do you like doing? And there's probably a way to do that inside real estate. So, um, so teaching is a huge thing. You know, we have market center teaching opportunities. We have regional teaching opportunities. You can join our faculty and, and, um, and be certified to teach here. And there's, you know, we've got an event going on in Denver right now. You know, there's a guy that's teaching and that's what he does and makes a lot of money doing it. Um, coaching is an opportunity. We've got market center coaches. We have maps coaches like what I do. Um, uh, ancillary businesses, you know, there's all sorts of businesses that support realtors and, and what they do. And our agents, um, become successful selling homes and often become investors in mortgage companies, title companies, insurance companies, and all, all sorts of things like that. So I think there's a ton of um, places you can go with this if you want to. Yeah. I think one of the slogans that we're using now is where entrepreneurs thrive. Yeah. And there's lots of other mm-hmm. companies that have been launched through people in Keller Williams. Like uh, I think uh Cyberbacker, I think is one of those companies, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so there's lots of other things you could do. If an agent sees a need and has a solution, then there's an opportunity sometimes for them to launch a company through Keller Williams that will help out the other agents. I was having a conversation recently with with someone who has this great business idea. And, um, it's in the real estate space and they're not, don't, don't tell Sean what it is. Right. <laughs> He'll try and seriously. Try and, <laughs> and, and you know, what's interesting about the O word. Yeah. <laughs> it's what's interesting about our company is, is, uh, we've got like 178,000 people who might be a candidate for your product. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to do something entrepreneurial and creative in your indie brokerage with, with 12 agents. Mm-hmm. But when you can sell that same thing to 178,000 people, it changes the mm-hmm. scale and, and, and opportunity significantly. That's right. That's right. Now, um, Colorado, especially the Denver area, uh, doesn't have a lot of room for franchise expansion. But there are other opportunities for people. Like Sean and I were talking uh, earlier today about how 10 years ago, there were agents who would say, I'm going to leave and start my own brokerage. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those people would you know, get it to 5 to 10 agents and realize that there's a lot of stuff that goes along with that. And um, you know, there wasn't really a big opportunity for Keller Williams agents to do something like that in and, the past. But that's changed. And, right? and not just Keller Williams agents, but agents that are outside like Monica, right? Like sure. our friend Monica – um, I've coached Monica for many years, and she had always looked at Keller Williams from because she was with another company that she perceived as prestigious, and she considered Keller Williams more of kind of the, you know, the, uh, you know, the the what's a good word for that? Like the not generic. I don't want to use that, right? But the brand, you know, the st- a stable brand, and she wanted to identify her. But when Keller 
started changing some of their models that allowed her a place to come in and build her own identity yeah. with her own office and brand. So, yeah, we're talking about indie offices. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. Um, you know, when, so I was, I was an indie office. Now I was small, 10, 10 agents. Um, when we talk to people that are not affiliated with big brokerages like us, we find that there are a few pain points that are very common. One is legal. Um, you know, who likes checking files? Who mm-hmm. likes dealing with lawsuits and dealing with compliance challenges? Uh, n- nobody. Accounting, you know, when your indie gets large enough, you've got a lot of paperwork that has to be dealt with and checks that have to be cut. And uh, that becomes challenging. And training is another big mm-hmm. one. Like a lot of people that have the the wherewithal to build a brokerage, um, that does not necessarily translate into how to train agents to sell houses. Mm-hmm. So our indie model allows a brokerage to, um, to affiliate with Keller Williams, get brokerage services, uh, legal services, accounting services, and training for effectively the cost of one, oh, and technology for effectively the cost of one salary. Mm. Mm-hmm. Drop the mic. It's interesting because, you know, we were talking, you know, I have a book on building a real estate brokerage and it's my experience of building my brokerage and, and all the challenges. And so I get calls all the time of people who are inquiring about, you know, coaching and about building their brokerage. And every time the biggest obstacle is training. Yeah. How do you train new agents? Right. Because that is, that's a business amongst itself and it's so costly. Yeah. You know, and the fallout rate for new agents is so high that you can't you can't train two at a time. Right. Like you need to have ten because two are gonna survive. Exactly. You know? So Yeah, it's the material and the time. I remember when I first got into real estate, I was about ready to join a smaller brokerage. Mm-hmm. I think there was maybe forty agents in it, independent brokerage, and I went in and I said, Tell me exactly what the training looks like and the guy that was there said, Oh, well, you know, whenever you need help, we'll help you. Yeah. And I said, well, what does that look like? And he said, well, you know, you just need to contact us and let us know what you need to, to learn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so then I said, well, exactly how much time do you have to give to me? And yeah. he said, well, we could absolutely give you like 30 minutes a week. Yeah. And I was right. like, okay, I don't think that's what, I mean, if I feel like if I would have joined that brokerage, I yeah. probably wouldn't have made it. Well, I remember my first brokerage. In the first five years, I think I had two meetings with my managing broker in the first five years. Wow. And when I asked for training, he gave me VHS tapes and a, and a VCR that was in the corner and was like, here you go. And I was like, I'm not going to sit here and watch tapes. Right. <laughs> well, and I'll say this, in my small brokerage, I mean, I knew the importance of training. Um, I was going out and spending a fortune as a 10-person brokerage of my own money to buy materials to be able to offer great training yeah. to, the, to the three or four people that showed up for it. And it, it just, it just was a loser. And for those listening, that's what Sean does is sells that training to people like you <laughs> <laughs> for a low cost of nine ninety nine yeah. a month. There you go. So an independent uh, brokerage could come in, get a connection with Keller Williams, have that all taken off their plate yeah, and go what they really go do what they really are good at, which is sell. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was, uh, it, it's, it's not unlike, you know, hotels. I was, um, 
when I was a kid, my folks took us on our European vacation, like the Chevy Chase. Yeah, they made a movie about they that. They made a movie about yeah. that. And was that you? Yeah. <laughs> and we were at uh, Rusty, you know. We were at. Um, <laughs> That's right. We were at all these little tiny uh, pensiones in, in Italy. And, uh, and I noticed as they all looked like mom and pop hotels. But I started like, I'm like a nerd and I'm looking at the paperwork about this. And I realized all of these hotels, one in Rome, one in Venice, one in Florence, one in Milan, they're all owned by Best Western. But they're branded, you know, Albergo Cesare was one of them. And the one where a room with a view in Florence was shot, they're all owned by Best Western. They're getting the systems and models of Best Western. And I actually, as an adult later, remembering this, did some research. Best Western owns like almost every mom and pop shop hotel in Italy. Wow. Or at least they, they did once upon a time. And um, it's the same thing. It's, you know, for us, how can you be a mom and pop independent brokerage with your own look and feel mm-hmm. and get someone that takes care of legal, someone that takes care of accounting, someone that gives you what we believe is the best training uh, in the industry and the technology, which has become absolutely absorbent. A, a 10 plus person brokerage can have the same technology that uh, a 400 man office like this one has uh, for 450 bucks a month. Mm. Yeah. So if you yeah. got a hundred agents and you're at an indie, 450 bucks a month. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Crazy. That's great. Okay. That's a great opportunity. So uh, the other thing that we talked about a little bit was that the real estate brokerage or even franchise, uh, you know, business has changed a lot of different things are happening in real estate in the industry. What do you think that looks like today? How's it changed? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think traditional brokerage is um, give us great training. Uh, it's it's built on the brand. It requires a leader that is bigger than life. Uh, and 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 the way you sell traditional brokerage is my splits are better than your splits. Uh-huh. Today, I think it's it's different. People are looking for leads. People are looking for warm connections to clients. Uh, Agents are looking for concierge services. Um, They're they're looking for the the daily tasks that we have to do in order to keep things going. They're looking for that to um, be taken care of by the brokerage. So I think the brokerage of the future has um, a lot more service. And, um, and while, and while the trend has been pay your broker less, I think agents on a, on a case by case basis, some will actually pay their brokerage more Mm -hmm. in order to stay in the sales cycle and out of the marketing, out of the the paperwork, out of all the extra stuff. I, I think a really good point is we had that conversation with our previous podcast where we were interviewing new agents. And then Brian and I went on the history train and we started talking about it back in my day. Right. And we talked about real estate the way it was back then. And we talked about how, how much more challenging it was to manage the transaction because you know, your paper contracts and that kind of stuff. But today it's a lot more complicated because there's so many other things like social media, you know, seven different social media platforms, email, email funnels, marketing funnels, websites. Yeah. 
you know, all these different things that you have to learn. There's no way right. an agent can effectively manage a business as an independent. Right. Like you're, you can do it and you'll get by, but you're missing massive amounts of opportunity for a small offset of your income. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I totally agree with that. I think what I see is, is like agents really are good at sales generally. Yeah. Right. And so that's what they want to do more of. Mm-hmm. And, and from a brokerage standpoint, we're doing things to provide more value to the agents so they don't have to be doing those things. And that could be like marketing. It could be social media stuff. It could be video. We're doing a lot of stuff with video now. Um, leads, I think, also is a great opportunity. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if agents want to buy leads, then we should be able to provide those to them. Right. You know, and they're going to get them somewhere. And so why not um, get them from a trusted source that knows that they're uh, going to be good? Because every, it seems like every time I turn around, somebody's trying to sell leads somewhere, somehow. Yeah. And there's some new fangled thing that they say, this is going to work. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I've, I think I've done about 4,000 uh, recruiting appointments for KW in the last 12 years, something like that. I, I, I actually have it tracked. Um, one of the main questions I get is, do you provide leads? Mm-hmm. And for the first eight years that I did this, I said, no, we, we don't provide leads. In fact, we're better than that. We're going to teach you how to get your own leads. And what's interesting is over the last couple of years, that's changed. Like that thing that we were so adamant about, we're going to teach you how to get leads. Isn't it going to be great? Well, we're still going to teach you how to get leads and we're going to um, provide them for you if that's what you desire. Because a lot of people just aren't going to go looking for leads. Well, I think there's two barriers, right? There's the cost and there's the knowledge. Right. And so we've always been a company of modeling. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the best things we could do now is model to our agents how they can do it themselves because everything that we're doing, they can do themselves and you have to learn how to do it. And it's, it's difficult. Right. I mean, I've been going through that recently and getting all these systems set up, but it also costs a lot of money. Yeah. No, I think there's another variable. Do they want to do it? Well, that's true. So you have to want to, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because agents will call for sale by owners and expires, mm-hmm. which are people they don't know. Sure. Okay. They'll door knock, which is people you don't know. Okay. Not the same people, just so you know. Just, I mean, okay. in agents, you t- traditionally don't have people who are going to make cold calls and door knock. You're right. It's I, different t- skills, different uh, mindsets. I get that. But I'm yeah. just saying it's the same thing. You're talking to people you don't know. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what online leads are. And I don't think it's, you know, right now, I think it's about 10% of the market. 10% of the deals are coming from online leads. And, mm-hmm. and so I don't know that anybody should base their entire like, concept of their business on it. But it's a good way to build your pipeline. See, I look at it like this. And this is why, you know, like, this is what drove me back to Keller Williams, to be honest with you, when I, when I took my hiatus. My hiatus. <laughs> sabbatical yeah yeah um was here you have the option to pick from the smorgasbord and i think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they think they need to pick everything right right right? the chocolate cake the shrimp the roast beef the rolls everything and and it's like no no you don't have to pick everything figure out what your strength is what you want to do 
leverage off the other pieces, but be aware what those other pieces are to leverage them off. So to, to your point today, you interview an agent and they're like, look, I'm great. Once I'm in front of a client, I'm horrible at getting a client, right? You need leads. Right. And then you have somebody who's like, Hey, I'm great with technical stuff. You know, I, it doesn't manage me to stress me out to manage a, a marketing funnel, internet ads, those kind of things. But I don't love working with the client. Right. That's somebody who's going to do great with, you know, command mm. and Facebook ads and those kind of things. And so I think you have to play your strength and not try to be all things in your business. Yeah. Because that's hard. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And I also agree that we have to get used to. I don't care talk- if you didn't agree. Just <laughs> so you know. You've made that pretty clear, actually. <laughs> but, you know, I think that we have to get used to the concept of talking to more people to get a deal. Yeah, for sure. Like we talked a few podcasts ago about how we started and we'd open up the phone book and Mm -hmm. call 300 people to get Mm -hmm. two appointments to do one deal. Mm -hmm. And over the last 10 years, it really has been buyers and sellers falling out of the sky and landing in our laps and basically saying, will you, will you list with me? Will you help me buy a house? Yeah. And now you got to go to work again. Like I had an agent yesterday. This, this is how she put it. She said, you got to get down in the mud again. Right. Yeah. And you have to scrap and you have to work it. And, and you eat. have to close hard yeah. now. Like there's the days of soft close is gone. Right. Like you root in. Yep. And, and the agents that are doing that, I think are doing really well. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, you know, we listened to the new agents yesterday talk about their success. And their success is based on proven things that we've been doing for 20 some years and they're just getting not for them back to work, but they're just getting to work. Whereas a lot of agents who have been struggling over the last nine months, it was those buyers and sellers are not falling out of the sky. My phone Mm -hmm. isn't ringing. People Mm -hmm. aren't calling me saying, come list me. And they have to go back to some of the things they haven't done for a while. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay. So Moving on, so where is uh, the region and Keller Williams moving? Like, where do you see this all evolving to going forward? Great question. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're a company that's about growth. I was talking to our president, Mark King, uh, recently, and, you know, he made a comment to me, which I think is really apropos. Like, for McDonald's, they sell Big Macs. And, uh, you know, if, 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 if you went to a McDonald's to get pizza, you're not going to get it. Well, the Keller Williams Big Mac is growth. It's, it's adding agents and, mm-hmm. and we know, and we've proven that the more agents you have, the more, uh, the more listings you get and the more houses you sell. So we're continuing to push on what we think works. And that is, um, is attracting agents and, and finding agents. And, uh, I think that, in reference to your earlier question about, about the brokerage of the future, we're going to do that by continuing to provide value and figuring out, you know, what are agents looking for? And it changes faster now than it ever has. I mean, what agents are looking for, what the conversation is, keeps moving, you know, faster and faster. You know, what's interesting about that. When, when I joined Keller Williams in 2009, you know, the conversation was just almost beaten over your head about profit share. To the point where it was almost, you know, it was to, to the point where it was like almost too much. I, I would actually leverage on the side. It was too much, right? But, you know, I've been back with Keller Williams for almost three years now. And I don't hear about it a lot. Now, for me, I have, a, I make really good money off my profit share. Yeah. Like, 
if I sold my house, moved somewhere, paid cash for a house, I, I wouldn't have to work again. I could right. live off my profit share. Yeah. So just think if you wouldn't have left, what that would be like. <laughs> well, they kind of paid me the whole time I was gone. So yeah. it was okay. <laughs> it worked out either way. <laughs> but I do think about that occasionally. Um, but my question to you is, um, I'm an agent. I'm listening to this podcast. We hear about profit share. We hear about growth. Yeah. We know agents. Like, let's face it. Like most of us real estate agents, we hang out with other agents, right? And they start complaining about their situation, their brokerage, their production, whatever. What's that conversation look like for them today to, to be able to, you know, serve the agent that they're talking about, but also ensure that they're, they're focused on building their downline, right? Because there, there, is, a, there is a connection there, right? It, it can't be coming to Keller Williams, it's going to be great, and then they get lost in the shuffle, sure, right? So, so how does that conversation look? I think the first thing you have to do is, as always, is you have to, first of all, build a brokerage that people don't want to leave ever, and you provide enough value, and that's changed a lot. You know, we're doing a lot of different things now, yeah. but agents aren't going to be an advocate for your brokerage unless they love the brokerage, regardless mm-hmm. of profit share or revenue share or anything else. Like what I don't like seeing is people recruiting just for the concept of revenue share right. or profit share. Right. You right. know, you have to really truly believe in the company or the office that you that you belong to. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think something that we've done well at KW, at least in, in, in the majority of cases is we've kept the focus on helping people buy and sell homes. Mm-hmm. I think profit share is icing on the cake. Some people get that backwards, I think. I mean, but it's a real thing. Like, I think we're approaching $2 billion shared, um, which is amazing. Um, I only got a billion of that. (laughs) (laughs) I think the, uh, you know, I I, I don't know. For me, um, I've never been one to to talk up profit share all that much. Like you, uh, I love it. I get it good amount yeah. of profit share. I hired somebody yesterday literally to um, help me get back into growing my profit share because, mm. because uh, I've lost an opportunity as I've been dis- distracted by other things. Um, and, and, and you see it happen. Like yeah. if you don't stay focused on it. You will watch those numbers dwindle. Um, but, um, but I, I always think of it as a secondary thing to, to buying and selling homes. Like if we're not, if we're not a company that's going to help the public um, with, with, with their housing needs first, then it, it's not exciting to me. Yeah. yeah. So, think- so what I heard, just to recap that. So what I heard from Brian is you got to love your office. Yeah. Right. And then it makes it easy. And then two, focus on the sales. And then I will add three, which is when you're talking, when you hear somebody Say, hey, can I, can I make an introduction? Can I introduce you to somebody who might be able to help you with that? Because I think that there's a disconnect for a lot of agents when you say build your downline. That's like saying lead generate. Right. They don't know what the heck that means. That, that could be a thousand different things, right? Right. Like I, I talked to one woman. She's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I go shopping. And that's how I lead generate. Really? You go shopping? Yeah, I talk to people in the aisles. I'm like, well, that's, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. But like the step would be, hey, let me introduce you to my team leader. Let me introduce you to my productivity coach. And then making that connection yourself and saying, hey, team leader, I talked to this person. I want to make an introduction to you to, to ensure that they go in your downline because that, that's a challenge too. Yeah, well, I think the other part of it is 
like a lot of people assume because of numbers, volume, listings, numbers, closings, things like that, that people have it all together. Yeah. And I, I think I told this story about how I recruited an agent uh, a while ago that was with another company uh, that um, this person was doing fantastic numbers. And after the third or fourth meeting, he said to me, uh, everything looks great. All my people are making money. They're all happy. I'm winning all, the, all these awards, but I'm going broke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't have a good economic model, right? And so what may look like it's going well mm-hmm. may not. Yeah. And a lot of people out there, the majority of the agents that are out there are with independent companies. They're with smaller companies. They're by themselves. They're with independent companies. And a lot of those people don't have any support. And then there's other companies that don't have the the means to train their people on things like leverage, yeah. right. you know, or this the lead uh, online lead generation or, stuff. Or an opportunity. There's yeah. a lot of companies that are saying, we'll provide you leads, but we're not going to teach you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about is um, training. Yeah. Training that we're doing in Colorado. Training model is kind of changing a little bit. Yeah. And so what are some of the highlights of what we're going to be doing moving forward? Great question. Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, we've discovered recently that the traditional sit in a classroom with a spiral bound textbook or, you know, pamp, um, what am I trying to say, booklet, um, and listen to somebody talk at you for six hours is, is we're moving away from that. And, and frankly, that's challenging because when you get used to something, you get used to something. And um, what, what we're seeing all across the country is that people want shorter training. They want more, more faster paced training. If you, if you do one thing for more than about 30 minutes, you lose your audience. Um, people need to see this as a piece of their day, not their entire day or two days or two days. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, so trying to figure out how to, how to, give people the same quality of instruction, the same great trainers, but do it in a shorter period of time that is more interesting and more fast paced. And, and agents want to hear from other agents. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to hear from the, um, the guy that stopped selling a long time ago. Hey, hey, just, hey, hey, is that you? I don't even know <laughs> hey, if that's you. Gosh, why you right still here? sell? That could be all of us. You <laughs> sell. So offended, <laughs> but it's but it's true, and 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 uh, and I see it in my market center in in, in St. Louis. The um, the classes that get people jazzed up are being are, are agent led and, and and little bites, and um, they're willing to even come in week after week for these little bites. They just can't uh, tolerate sitting at a table for eight hours. So you having them come in, or is this on Zoom? I try to get people in. Okay, but Zoom is is important too. Yeah, it's, it is tough getting people to show up and participate is so torturous, and it's so much better because I think the attention span when you're online, you know, I'm not saying that this ever happens to me, but right when you're on a Zoom, oh, yeah. there's a lot of distractions. Yeah, and yeah. there's you know 
people have all figured out how to keep their phone out of the view of the Zoom camera so they oh, can yeah. check their email and text messages and stuff like that. But we kind of can, can kind of see it by where your eyes are. You so. can't? Well, they make software for that now. Have you yeah. seen that? The no. software that locks onto the screen. And so you can like literally turn your head, look down, the eyeball. Oh, yeah, the, the eyeball. Screen. That's oh, I haven't seen that. I, yeah, we, made it. Let's we, we have to that talk. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> One of the highlights of the year, I'm glad that you guys brought it back last year, is the Rocky Mountain Summit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Rocky Mountain Summit is a is a couple day event in Vail um, where we, in a very oops, very fast paced way, uh, get through a, a bunch of real estate topics, um, ranging from how to get more listings to how to serve the luxury community to mindset to lead generation, and it's keynote speakers, uh, top agent interviews, panel discussions. Uh, it's happening, uh, the week it's happening the week of September 13th through 15th in Vail. We're also doing this year, a special luxury retreat just before it. Very cool. See, yeah. that's my, that's my favorite way to learn is immersion type training, yeah. right? Like let's go somewhere, get off the grid, right? Not, I mean, obviously real estate calls, texts are going to happen, but we're there to learn. We're there to all learn together, have conversations about what we learned. And it, that immersion process, that's how I learn the best for sure. That's my right. favorite. Well, I think the other thing about that too is, is the conversations you have in between. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think back to a lot of my early experiences and the people that I was able to meet in the first few family reunions that I mm-hmm. went to, like 2001, you know, I'm sitting there. It was in one hotel in Orlando and I'm sitting there, um, and I look over and there's Joe Harker, right. Right? like a guy who was an icon, still is an icon in our company. And he's sitting there by himself. And I went over and I was a young agent. I went and introduced myself and we sat there for an hour and we talked about the book, Good for Great mm. or Good yeah. to Great, Good to Great, Jim Collins. And like, that was one of the most valuable conversations I ever had that wasn't even in the classroom. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what's really cool about these kind of retreat type things is you get that opportunity. Well, and I tell this to agents all the time who are like, you know, they, they say, oh, I'm not getting value, right, from, you know, from Keller Williams or whatever. And I say, are you going to the higher level events? Because what, what they miss out on is the real opportunities with this organization to learn are getting the opportunity to go learn from people that are practicing miles beyond what your right. your current per- lid is as as i said like the reason i left my company when i the first company i worked at is i hit a lid within the organization i went to my managing broker and i was like where do i go from here and he says i don't know i've never been where you're at right right and so i left i was like i'm out of here this scared this scared me so but when you get out and you go to mega camp you go to masterminds you go to the regional summit you're going to be around people who are doing just unbelievable things yeah. within the industry, not just commission or volume, but just unbelievable things that they're doing. And it just opens your mind for the opportunities. And I think that's a huge mistake agents, yeah, you know, make for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all we have time for today. So I want to thank uh, Russ Nolting, uh, regional director of Keller Williams in Colorado for being here today. I uh, appreciate you and uh, my pleasure. Happy to be here. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we will talk to everyone soon.